My name is Drew Phillips. I'm the associate pastor here at Calvary, and we're in the middle of a series right now called You Are Here. And it's our summer series that we did last year, and we're doing it again this year. And it's a way for us to take a closer look at the spiritual disciplines. And spiritual disciplines are practices that we can put in place in our life that help us grow, draw closer to God. And we've chosen this picture of a map to help us remember that we are all on a journey with God. And along the way, sometimes we need to stop and pay attention to the signs and the markings around us. And so the first week, we talked about solitude and what it means to be alone and to be with God. And there are so many things that we fill our time and our space with that sometimes it's just good for us to get alone and to be with God. Last week, Daniel talked about this idea of confession and what it looks like to offload and to confess the junk and then the, the mess of our lives to others and to God so that we can be free from those things. Today, I'm going to talk about the idea of simplicity and the practice of simplicity. And what that, the main point of that, what we're trying to pay attention to here is now that we've sat alone with God and recognized the mess and the junk that's going on in our lives, confessed those and offloaded them, now let's pay attention to what we're putting back in our pack. What are those things that we're putting back in our lives and choosing not to bring back too much, but the right amount of things? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 6.33. Here Jesus is giving his sermon on the mountain. He's talking about worry. And he's telling about the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. And how they don't worry about how they're going to be clothed or what they're going to eat. But they know that they're going to be taken care of. Then he talks about those, the pagans, those who don't follow Jesus. How they worry and they fret about such things. But as followers of Jesus as sons and daughters of the king that we don't need to worry about that because our heavenly father knows exactly what we need. And then he says this, Matthew 6:33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be provided for you. All of these things that you worry about, all of these things that you fret about, when you seek first God's kingdom, when you seek first His righteousness, He is faithful to provide all of those things. So there's no need to worry. Now you may be asking yourself, simplicity, what, what, what does this discipline have to do with following Jesus? And that's a great question. I'd like to answer it this way. All of the practices that we're going to talk about, the ones we did, the ones that are coming, if Jesus is not the central focus, if, our, if the central focus is not being closer to God, to walking closer with Him, then they have nothing to do with our walk with Jesus. They're just good self-help techniques. But we as followers of Jesus are wanting more. So solitude without God as the focus is just you being by yourself. And that can be good. You can learn to think clearer. You can, you, it is sometimes just good for us to recharge our batteries and just to be by ourselves. But if the focus and the goal is not to be closer with God, then it's just spending time by yourself. Confession without God as the central focus is just you telling someone about the junk that's in your life. 
Again, it can be good, but we do it with the hopes of confessing that, knowing that God is going to forgive and the peace that comes with that. Simplicity without God as the focus is just a way to make our life a little less chaotic. But we're going to take a deeper dive into simplicity today and look at it from two uh, vantage points. As we learn to simplify what we're doing so that we can seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That is the central focus of this discipline. Is to be able to keep His kingdom and His righteousness central in our lives. Richard Foster, who wrote a book called Celebration of Discipline, I've mentioned it a couple times up here. It is kind of the keystone, the uh, book that people read, that people use as a guide when it talks about spiritual disciplines. He was a professor and a, a pastor and, 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 and an author in this, and he wrote this when he was talking about the discipline of simplicity. He said, the Christian discipline of simplicity is an inward reality that results in an outward lifestyle. It's an inward reality that results in an outward lifestyle. So those are the two perspectives that I'd like to focus on today when we talk about this practice. First of all, what's the inward reality that, we're, that, that it brings in our life, and then how does that manifest itself in an outward lifestyle? This is a practice where something happens inside, and then we can tangibly see the effects of it in our outward behavior. I remember a time a couple years ago, I had an opportunity to go on a missions trip to Haiti. And while we were in Haiti, um, we were building houses. And, and there, um, about midweek, we were up in the mountains building this house um, in the hills of, of Grand Guave. And there's, of course, a ton of kids that are always running around when you're doing this. All of the neighborhood kids are running around, being a part of the day. And there's this one kid who comes up and he points to my hat. Now this hat I had on was my Yankees hat that I had been, I've had for years. And I had taken this hat on missions trips. We had, I had taken it um, all over the place and had a lot of great memories in this hat. It fit just right. I mean, it was dirty, it was beat up, but it was, it was my go-to hat. And he points at it. So I know, I know the drill, he wants to wear it. So I take it off my head, give it to him. He puts it on, big smile on his face. He's running around you know, showing his friends, he'd come back, and then he'd put it on Goofy. Then I'd take it off his head, and I'd mimic what he was doing. And we kind of had this game going back and forth all day. We got to the end of the day, and at this point, I've got the hat back on my head, and we kind of have this exchange. We don't speak the same language, but we knew what we were engaged with. And it was this idea of, are you going to give me this hat or not? <laughs> and for a moment... All of the memories, all of the things that, that had happened with this particular hat came flooding in. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can give this one up. And then really quickly, I remembered and paid attention to the fact of the joy that this hat was bringing this young child. And that I had 15 more Yankees hats at home. <laughs> and even though this one did have some sentimental value, the joy that it was going to bring this kid was so much more worth it. So I gave it to him. Next day I came back, he was showing all his friends. He'd point to it and give me a thumbs up. And, 
Um, and so it was, a, it was a good memory. But in that moment, my possession was put into the proper perspective. And this is what simplicity does for us. When it starts to work on the inward part of our spirit, we start, the things that we own, our possessions, are started, get, start to get put in proper perspective. Our goods and our things become more available to others because we realize that we don't need them as much as we thought we did. John the Baptist talks about this in Luke chapter 3, verse 11. He says this, The man who has two tunics should share with him who has none. And the one who has food should do the same. When we practice simplicity in our lives, it allows us to become more generous with what God has given us to those who are in need. Again, it points back to that Matthew 6, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Not your kingdom and your righteousness, but His kingdom and His righteousness. And when we start to do this, the things that God has given us becomes more available to others around us. When we practice this inwardly, our mind, our body, and our soul are allowed to rest. For a moment, humor me here. Think of how much information and stuff that is going on in your mind right now. You're hearing me talk. Maybe you're writing a few things down. But there are other things that are going on in your mind. What are you doing after you get done with church? What are we going to do for lunch? What's our evening going to look like? I can't forget to contact this person. We have this constant eight or ten voices that are going on in our head at one time. Now, we call that multitasking. And in our culture today, that is valued. You may get a promotion at work. You may be valued at your home because you can multitask better than others. Now, as a male... I cannot multitask. Can I get an amen on that? And I see that as a gift from God. So before women, as you get honest, this is a gift to God from us that we are not able to multitask as well as you are. But the reality is this. Often, we usually have a phone in our hand, computer on our lap, an iPad playing music through Alexa, the TV on, all of these things that we are able to try to manage and multitask at one time. So then when we get to the point where we need to stop and focus on one thing, it's almost impossible. And maybe this is something you bumped into a little bit a couple weeks ago when you tried to practice solitude. I know I did to sit down, to be still, and to focus on God for more than five minutes, for more than one minute, sometimes seems impossible because we are so used to focusing and multitasking in so many other areas. But when we stop and when we pause and when we start to simplify our inner spirit, it allows us, it frees us up to be able to focus on our time with God. I know I'm as guilty as most, but we are constantly checking things, constantly wanting to make sure that we aren't missing out on stuff, and we miss the conversation with others. We miss time spent alone with God and have trouble focusing. And you know what? We have an enemy that knows this about us. 
we have an enemy that knows that if he can keep us distracted, that we won't focus on the kingdom of God. We'll focus on our own kingdom and the things that are going on around us. So he will do whatever he can to use those things as a distraction for us to keep our focus off of God. This is why inward simplicity is so important. Because it keeps us present in the presence of God. It keeps us present to God and it keeps us present to others when we're able to simplify our lives and our inner spirit so that we can be present to those around us. Recently, Lisa and I just had a garage sale. We got rid of all of our baby stuff in hopes that we are out of that season of life. And as we were going through and getting rid of stuff, it reminded me there's been several times in our life that we've done this and where we've gotten to the place that usually happens around the nesting stage when we've had kids where she's ready to go through and declutter everything, right? And she's one that kind of likes to keep things in case we might need them here or there. I'm one that likes to just get rid of it. So when, she, and so when the last time we did this before the um, garage sale was when she was pregnant with Audrey. And so she was in her nesting phase. And so as we're doing this, she, I come home from work one day and she's already started loading up some boxes in the kitchen. And I get so excited. We cancel all the plans that day. We're not doing anything else because I know that she's in this mode right now. And if we don't stay here tomorrow, she may not be in the same mood. So cancel dinner plans, cancel anything else. We'll order pizza. We are going to dive into this and get rid of as much stuff as possible. I tell her this is my favorite version of hers when she's ready to declutter. So we're going through and we get rid of stuff and we took two carloads full of stuff to Goodwill on behalf, behalf of Lafayette Transitional Housing. You can do that. They get vouchers to be able to come and use it. And we also took a carload of things here to Soba, our um, single mom's ministry, stuff from our kitchen that hopefully they would be able to use there. And for me, it's such a freeing thing when we're able to unload the stuff that we have collected and able to open a closet and see the back of it. And maybe you can, too, can also relate to these things. And we can probably argue back and forth when it comes to an inward or the outward expression of simplicity of what's easier. Maybe for you it is easier to clear your mind and to be present there, but it's really hard for you to do that outwardly. We could go back and forth. But honestly, they work in tandem together. And the outward manifestation of this practice allows us to create margins and spaces in our lives, openness in our lives to focus more on God and his kingdom more than anything else. And the outward effect of simplicity allows us to have a life of contentment. Paul in his letter to the Philippians in chapter four says this, I'm not saying this because I'm in need for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secrets of being content in any and every situation, whether fed, well-fed, or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. This last week um, on Friday, um, I'm sure most of you know there was a fire um, in Lindbergh Village where five houses um, were destroyed. Well, I live in Lindbergh Village, and I live five houses away from where all of those flames were happening. 
And before I go any further, it gave me such an appreciation for the first responders, for those police officers, for those firemen, for the, for, for the Red Cross people who showed up and were there because, again, without them being there, I don't know what would have happened to my home. So thank you for that. Thank you for those of you who are in the room right now that came and checked on me and my family to make sure that we were okay. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. But I did have to sit with some neighbors, some acquaintances that I know that were watching their house and everything that they owned go up in flames. Sitting with a middle school boy and a college sophomore as they watched their house burn and all of the things that they had in it. And as I've had a chance to reflect on that time and one, be very grateful that my house was not affected. My heart has broken for those whose lives were affected. And it's also caused me to put in perspective these things that I value so much can be gone so quickly. And it's interesting how God works because I wrote this sermon and finished it on Wednesday and was able to tangibly walk it out on Friday, Saturday, and even this morning as I start to recognize the level and the things that are important in my life and how things are just things and can be gone so quickly. And so for me, I need to focus on being content. Contentment is not something that we strive for often or very much in society today. We strive for more. We need to be better than this other person. It's one of those things that has made America so much more successful than other countries in the world. We want to be better. We want to be a better version of ourselves. We want to do the best that we can. Don't be content where you're at right now, but continue to strive for more. But what has it cost us? Today in America, we are more depressed than ever. We are more addicted. We are more worried. We are less satisfied than we've ever been. Simplicity, the practice of simplicity, is one of the ways that we can combat this and take steps forward towards Jesus and the kingdom of God. The practice of simplicity, when we practice it, we are not putting or finding our value in the things that we own or the status that the things that we own give us. But instead, we're finding our identity in Christ and who he says we are. We are intentionally stepping away from the things that the world says will bring you joy, happiness, fulfillment, and allowing God to be the one who does that for us in our lives. And through this, we can learn to be content because he is the one thing that is constant and consistent in all circumstances. We can be content because we know that Jesus is constant and consistent in all circumstances. He is the one that we can put our hope and our trust in, not the things of this world. A life of simplicity allows us to become more available for God's Word, to be more generous and present with people around us and less distracted. And speaking of distractions... I think most of us have one of these, correct? Most people in the room right now can pull this out and can say that they have this. And this, if you don't have one, I have a lot of respect and a lot of admiration for you. 
But most, most of us have these little computers in our pockets. And these little computers can be very, very helpful. I have a terrible sense of direction. So this helps me get where I need to go in a timely manner and without getting lost. This helps me connect with my family, with my friends. This helps me talk on the phone to my grandfather. This has a tracking device on it. Almost called 911 there. (laughs) This has got a tracking device on it that when I'm out for a run, my wife can find out where I am in case I get hit by a car, she knows what's ditch to go look for me in. This, in in and of itself, is a great tool. But how, many, how much of it is a distraction for us? How much does it steal our attention away from those who we love for the things and the work that God has from us because our head is buried in the phone? I'm guilty of this. You go places like the DMV or the doctor's office. Now I wonder why doctors even invest in magazines anymore because no one's reading them. They're all on their phone, distracted and entertained and entertaining themselves. If you go somewhere and just sit and try to have a conversation with someone that's sitting in the chair next to you, most of the time it's pretty awkward because people aren't used to engaging with each other anymore. I don't know you. I'm just going to engage and distract myself right now here on my phone. So what would it look like for us to even simplify our phones? To declutter our phones and allow them just to be a tool that can be used and not a tool of distraction. And one thing as I've tried to to do this and tried to allow my phone to not be such a distraction, the thing that has come for me out of that is this freedom that we are afforded. Sometimes the life of simplicity seems difficult and we're giving up so much, but what I'm telling you is when you do that, the freedom that comes at not being owned by things is unexplainable. You don't have to be up on everything. It's easy and it's, it's kind of relieving to say, oh, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry, I haven't seen that yet. Or I'm not on these platforms anymore, so I don't know what you're talking about. And it's funny to watch people's reaction when you say that. I was talking with Jeff Brenner this morning, and he was talking about how he's been off social media. His son and his wife are in Dominican, and probably you all know more of what's going on with his wife than he does because of the use of social media. But there's freedom that's involved in that. We're able to seek first God's kingdom because our heads are not buried in our devices. Richard Foster, who I mentioned earlier, his son wrote a book a couple years ago, kind of in response to his father's book. So his father's book, Celebration of Discipline, put him on the map, made him this really popular, made him a very, got him a whole bunch of speaking engagements. And now Richard Foster is is seen as this spiritual guru. And his son, this affected his son's life. And so his son wrote a book called Making of an Ordinary Saint, My Struggles with the Spiritual Disciplines. And in it, he talks about this when he's talking about the discipline of simplicity. He says this, Always remember that simplicity is both a discipline and a grace. It is a discipline because we are called to do something. Simplicity does not just fall on our heads. 
We are to take up conscious, a conscious, consciously chosen course of action that involves both group and individual life. But it is also a grace. A grace because the life that comes from our effort is given to us by God. We know this by experience, for the results are always far in excess of the effort we put in. The life which simplicity brings is a supernatural gift to be graciously received. Again, there is something to be done. There is a practice to be put in place. But there's also a lot of grace to be experienced. Because no matter how much effort we put in, we know that through this we're not gaining or receiving any more salvation than before. That is a free gift. And we also recognize even more effort and energy that we put in, the grace that we feel in the midst of that is even better. So as we close today, I have a couple challenges for us this week. The Monday morning applications that we've been doing in this series have been twofold. So one is an individual one, and then one as a family. So this can be whoever you call family, whether it's a close group of friends, whether it's a roommate, whether it is a husband, wife, um, kids, whatever your family unit looks like, this is a, there's also a, a Monday morning application for you to put into practice this week. The first one is this. Monday morning application for everyone is to simplify your phone this week. You thought you were going to get out of here without doing that. Simplify your phone this week. Remove all of the apps that you do not need. So your sports, your games, your social media. I'm going to have to delete the Realtor.com app and the Zillow app. The streaming devices, YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, whatever you use to stream. Delete those from the phone. And Daniel kind of gave me a good pointer after the last service. I'm going to do this right now. Take a moment. And if you have your phone, get it out. There's going to be space for this. I'm being serious. Take your phone out. Because a lot of times we get home and we forget to do this. Start deleting those apps. I'm going to talk, and let's be honest, we're all good at multitasking, right? So I'm going to give you an out here. Go ahead and multitask and start deleting those apps from your phone that you do not need. And when you're sitting at the doctor's office, when you're at home at night, when you're whatever, at a coffee shop waiting for someone to show up, and you're tempted to mindlessly scroll through these things that, that you normally do, I would encourage you to take time and to pray. Pray for your family. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for those who lost so much this last week. But try to simplify your phone this week and experience the freedom that you have when those things aren't there. The family Monday morning application is this. Learn to enjoy something without owning it this week. So what does that mean? Go to the library and borrow a book or borrow a movie knowing that you don't have to purchase it. You don't have to add it to your budget line. You don't have to figure out what shelf it's going to put in. It doesn't have to own, you don't have to own it, but just enjoy it without having to purchase it. This week, go to a park, a public park, a free park that you can go in and just walk around and enjoy and play games. 
We live in a city here that allows for a lot of that, and most of the time we don't get out and enjoy the things without feeling like we have to pay or own them. And they eventually come to own us. So this week, at some point, get out and enjoy something without owning it. And I want to close with this. Again, there are things to be done. And simplifying our lives and our calendars and our inward spirits can be helpful. But our central focus and the reason that we want to do this is we want to keep Jesus and we want to keep God's kingdom as central in our lives. And we want to seek first after those in His righteousness knowing that when we do that, He is faithful to provide all that we need. It puts our possessions in the proper perspective. We do have to do something, but let us experience God's grace in the midst of that. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your promises. We thankful, thank you for your faithfulness. And I pray this week, Lord, that we would do what we can to start to simplify our lives so that we can experience more of you and so that we can be present with others. So that we can love and come alongside our neighbors and our family members, that our kids would know how much we love and how much we value them because we're paying attention to them because we simplified all of the other outside noise that's going on in our lives. And I pray this week that your kingdom would be on display and that it would be more evident for us, Lord, and through this that we would experience a grace and a peace that we know comes when we take steps closer to you, that you are like a father with his arms open wide, ready to give and to provide everything that we need. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.